When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing, John? How are you doing, Elsie? It's Jessica Kufferman here with Elsie Escobar and John Buchanan. That was totally backwards, but that's how we roll. How are you guys doing? I'm doing better than Elsie. Elsie sounds like she is the plague. Yeah. Yeah, I have not been well, you guys. It's been awful. It's been today's like, I think this is the best I've felt like in a week and a half. Honey, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, it's gotten better. Uh, there was a point there where I was like, am I ever going to feel the same again? Is this going to go on forever? <laughs> I do that too. Where like when I get sick, especially a cold, and I'm just like, oh, I remember so fondly how being normal was. When can I get back to that? It's never going to happen. I totally I know what you're saying. It's so funny. I can't even imagine having that because women are usually really good. You know, when they're sick, they, they trudge through. Men, when we get sick, we're the biggest babies. We're like, oh. Everything's the world is over. It's true. Scott yeah. can barely turn on a light switch without fetching. Yes, it's true. So there hasn't been too. Much, I mean, we haven't had a show in two weeks, so there has there has been some news, but not the breaking crazy that happened when Gimlet was bought and when Anchor was bought. However, you know, we do have some interesting stuff to get to the news. But before we get to news and interesting stuff. Elsie and I decided that we would talk about something that recently happened between us because. You know, in the spirit of transparency and also because we haven't really talked. First of all, we have not really had something happen between us in a while. And then when it does, we, you know, we like to dish about it. So here we go. So a couple years back, I guess, year or so back, um, there was a day. I don't remember what episode, but one of the episodes I felt I was feeling like as we were going through it, she was rushing. Elsie was rushing. Like we don't we don't have any time. And you can probably if you if you're a fan of the show and you've heard every episode, you can probably remember at some point I was like. If John left it in, which I don't even know. Um, what do you mean we're out of time? And she was like, well, we're over an hour. And I'm like, since when has it stopped us before? And she was like, well, you know, I just feel like da 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 So I was, I mean, you know, and I'm pretty, I mean, I like to think of myself as laid back. I hope. Really? My, I do. Yes. Uh, come on. Am I not laid back? Seriously? No. I might be passionate, but I'm not really inflexible. I'm pretty flexible. So I was like, sure, whatever she wants. It's fine. No problem. Flexible it. and laid back are two different things. I'm flexible, but I'm not laid back. Fine. Yes. I get it. Okay, okay, fine. I'm intense. Whatever. So then we go on and, you know, I try to keep it to an hour and stuff like that. Well, the other day or maybe it was a week or so ago, she said something to me about we ha- we have to stop the no banter. We can only do this with no banter. And I was like, wait, what? What do you mean no banter? I was like, I, I just read all of our iTunes reviews recently for a different reason. And there's only two or three reviews that say they can't cut through the banter. But, you know. You do timestamp our show. So if they don't want to listen to the banter, they can just move it along. But most of those reviews say they like the banter. So when did we decide we weren't going to have any more banter? And she was like, well, we decided at this time. And I was like, no, we didn't have that conversation. It turns out that Elsie thought that. Then Elsie implemented that. And then Elsie told no one. (laughs) And I mean, it started with the timing. Like she didn't, she never asked me. She all she had to do one time was be like, you know what? I feel like it's going a little long, and I get really stressed out when it's over like one fifteen. Do you think we can just stop th-? like that again? I would have just been like, cool. But the fact that I didn't know made me feel like somebody had been talking about me behind my back almost. <laughs> it was like the weirdest feeling. Anyway, so I brought so we brought it up the other day, and she she actually revealed that she has a habit of doing that to people. So I thought you might want to jump in, Elsie, and talk a little bit about your thought process behind changing the show and your thought process about me bringing it up to you, I guess. Well, I think that part of it is just that, yes, I do have a thing where I make decisions in my own head and then I take action and then I don't let anybody else know about it. That is a thing. I do and have done that many different times in my life. Like, it's just something that I've done. And I... 
I didn't really, really even recognize that there was anything wrong with that because generally speaking, it only affects, well, no, I actually shouldn't even say that. Um, yes, it affects many people in my life. My decisions <laughs> affect a lot of people in my life, but I don't really even think about it. Like, I don't even care. Like, it just like, I will just do it and I will do it because I need to do it. So it's a very, I akin that to like just my own survival mechanisms. It's the only way that I would ever get to do anything is, is by true, just though? making decisions and doing them. What? Do you, re- is that true? Like, do you feel that, I mean, did you, I guess I'm asking, like, did you feel growing up that your choices were suppressed and your, I mean, I know you feel your voice was suppressed. Are you but kidding I thought, me? I thought that had more to do with your relationship, your romantic relationships and less to do with your, I don't know why, but it's because your parents are so delightful. I don't know. What do I know? My parents, my parents response to anything was always no. Hmm. All right. Always. I see that. So I therefore that. I had to go through lengths to be able to get something that I wanted. And most of the time I was very good at it, but I was conniving about a lot of the different things that I, because I wasn't ever going to get a yes. Right. You know, I I never was going to get a yes, like over the most basic things. Like, can I go to, like, I couldn't go to anybody's house when I was in high school. Um, the only place that I was allowed to go to was the football game. I was able to go to the football game. So then I would do things like, you know, we're going to the football game, but we would go to a friend's house and play pool in the garage. What were they afraid of? Dude, what do you mean? What were they afraid of? We came from a third world country that was going through civil war. No, I know that. But I'm saying, why does that translate to Elsie can't have friends? I think because part of it is as a parent, you're afraid that something's going to happen to your kid and you're not there to protect them, number one. But then again, right. what happens when you do something like that, then your kids learn that it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Right. Right. And so I but so I was really good at like they would time it like if I would go to the movies, they would time the amount of time it took for me to like the movie was over. Like, let's say the movie was over at eight and it was a five minute ride home. Like I was expected home like at eight ten. Like it was that was like that was my that's what I had to deal with. I totally did that to Emily. But anyway, that the thing is, that was the beginning of me kind of doing these things. And most of the time it was like I put myself through school. I applied to all of the universities. I applied for all of the financial aid. I got myself like as much financial aid as possible. I decided to put like that thing where you not you don't emancipate yourself, but you kind of like when I was in college, like. You were made sure you were not a dependent, right? Yes, absolutely. I did that myself. And mind you, this was all for this was not in a negative thing at all. This was really just to save my parents from having to do all this stuff because they didn't have the money. So I did all of these things. I But they didn't know you were doing it till it was done, right? Yeah. I didn't consult them. Like I didn't say, like, I'm gonna do this, guys. It was like, it's done. Guess what? I'm emancipated and I'm going to college. Bye. Yeah. And I got into grad school. It was the same thing. It was like I got into a a prestigious grad school program. I'm moving to Colorado in a couple of months for three years. And they were like, "Uh, what? Everything I've done has always been after the fact. So after I get the job, after I've like, oh, when I so I moved to Pittsburgh and they didn't even know. It was like, yeah, but I don't think that that made them very happy. Because I did hear that story from your mother, not you. Do you think that these things are making people happy? Of course not. No. I actually heard that story from your mother and it didn't go the way you just told it. It was, she moved to Pittsburgh (laughs) and we did not even know until the room was empty. (laughs) Right. I know. She seemed really like partly hurt and partly just amazed (laughs) that you did it without saying anything. And uh, I know, but all I'm saying is that this is not new. This is just it, right? And so uh, I, and I'm, I'm not defending it. The only person that's ever called me on it has been Randy. So, cause he's the one like, you know what? You can't do this. You have to like this. You are part of a family. I'm assuming he doesn't like it. No, he does not like that. He was just like, hey, you, you don't get to gallivant all, all through the, the world now. You are part of this family. You don't get an opportunity right. to just make decisions and randomly tell me after the fact, which I started to do. It's cool because he got to use my favorite expression, which is, who the fuck do you think you are? 
That's right. It was like one of those things. But he didn't do it, but still, he should have because you deserved it. (laughs) But yeah, I have done that and I totally understand. But that said, my decisions were not necessarily based on the fact that like I didn't want to include you. It literally was like, I just want to take control of this because what I was feeling is that we were getting on, which is one of the... And so this is like a larger conversation I was feeling we were coming on to do She Podcasts. And it was literally like, okay, here we are. We're them. Oh, what's going on? I don't, and everybody talking. And it was like, we didn't get anything done. We didn't talk about podcasting or we kind of did, but we never really actually talked about what was there. There were all of these, it was all like random, like segues to things that really I didn't feel were important. And I never really got a chance to talk about what we wanted to talk about. And I just felt like I was on this runaway train and I had no control over the information that we were sharing, how we were doing it. And it was just, it kept coming and coming and coming. And I was like, okay, I, I can't have this show be banter. I can't do that. You, one of the reasons that I told you, Jess, is because I'm not good at it. I don't feel comfortable with that. I like to follow guidelines. I like notes. I like to deliver value like in that way. And you are actually the opposite, which is why we work together so much because you're really good at off the cuff stuff and funny things and saying great like you're just really great on your feet. You're just proving your own point. Just stop. (laughs) What? You're just you're just proving your own point because you're like you're good at the banter and the Things with well, I'm the telling funny. you, I know I love to script things out because it sounds like I'm smart. That's why I made those decisions because I thought like, okay, I feel like I'm the one that's putting this show together or like the show notes together. You don't really add it. You didn't add any onto it. And then I thought, well, I want to talk about these things. These are the important things we have to talk about. And so I made those decisions. But I, in my head, I know this sounds really weird, but in my head, it was like, I had had a conversation with you or that it was decided like it was decided as in like we did it. We decided it. But it was obviously only in my own head. I think part of it is that had I pushed given you pushback on anything in the last two years, it would have you would have maybe considered bringing it up to me more. But the fact is that like you we decided to do Trello and we just, whatever we just, whatever you decide, I'm just like, all right, let's do it. Like, I don't, I don't have the same kind of preferences. Yeah. Whatever else he has as as an idea is a good idea. It's just that telling me what to talk about and not to talk about kind of hurt my feelings a little. Cause I was like, well, if we just talk about podcasting things, why am I here? (laughs) Because I, I know I can banter and make conversation about the industry, but I'm starting to feel in the last couple, you know, I don't know, like, 10 or 20 episodes that my input was not as valid, not valid. My input was not as needed in this show because it was mostly just news. And then we would move on to the next news thing. And then we would move on to the next news thing. And we weren't really doing a lot of like, well, I think this, and here's my experience. And this is what I, you know, the thing is like, we all are part of different podcasts. I'm part of four. Jessica is part of four. I think three, three, three or four. You have Elsie's part of two. So, Elsie, do you have the same situation with the feed? No, not at all, because we we have a system. Okay. Plus, have you ever tried to banter with Rob Walsh? No. It's not as easy as it, it looks. <laughs> hey, Sorry, Rob. We don't, yeah, we don't banter. There, everything is scripted. Um, Rob scripts almost everything he says. We have about... Less than 60 seconds of banter at the beginning of the show. The other day, dude, the other day he actually was talking about like his issues when he was flying, like he went on a vacation with his family and he, he went a little bit longer as in like five minutes talking about his flying problems with his family. It was, it was interesting. He just put it in. We immediately got feedback about the fact that Rob went off for five minutes at the beginning of the show. And that was oh just so God. boring. And how could anybody want to know anything about that? And, I'm all, and I was like, I was flabbergasted. I was like, what? Do you understand that Rob never 
talks about himself on the show ever. People are so rude. Like you don't have the right to tell people you want to review it. You like it. You don't like it. That's fine. You don't really have the right to tell people how to do their own show. And we have the right not to listen, by the way, if we want to do it our fucking way. We've been doing it for five years now. Fuck you. I'm sick of that. Okay, but here's the thing. I mean, yes, they can. But you know what's really weird? As podcasters, we listen to the. We could hear a hundred people say that this is really great. We really enjoy the show. One person says you talked for five minutes too long about an air airplane flight or vacation, and then that's all we focus on. We right, focus but on the I'm negative. Just saying, like, uh, I mean, and I understand it's because if one person said it, eight hundred people are thinking it. But I don't know that that's necessarily true. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily true. And. Either. I do think the news is important. I do think this stuff is important, but I thought people listen to our show because of you and I, not because of the news we provide. I'm not Tom Brokaw, for Christ's sake. I'm me. I can't be somebody else. Okay, so let's address that part of it because here's the sort of like dissonance that I feel. Yes, this is true. You are absolutely right, Jess. That's what I feel too, that people are listening to us because of us talking with each other. But here's the other side of it. We were just featured on like the Buzzsprout uh, blog, I think, and they featured all of the podcasts, uh, the how to podcast podcast, not all of them, but like a handful, like eight, right? A podcast about podcasting that you should listen to if you're a newbie and you want to start. Okay. So all of the ones that were listed on that list, if you listen to the, that show, you actually do like most of the, the way that those shows are set up are generally around learning something. So it's focused on doing double enders or the other one is is focused on and there's a topic that you address. And so if you listen to these shows, you get like like a, a wealth of information that's based on learning about certain podcasting topics. Now, when it comes to us, even though we do offer information like that, that is also incredibly relevant and very important to podcasting. It is not done in a way where you turn on the show and you know something like within an hour, we don't dive deep into that one topic, right? We, it is all over. It is, we offer many different things. So it's a different type of experience. It's a different type of show. And I think that part of it is that we need to lead with that. We need to make sure that when people land on She Podcasts, that they, or that when we talk about the show, it can't just be, I think, where you get to learn about all of these different things about podcasting, because even though that's true, we also sometimes barely touch the subject and we need to let people know that. Well, again, I mean, I guess it goes back to you have to know the avatar of your show. You, This show is listened to by podcasters. It's listened to by Dave Jackson, Daniel J. Lewis, People that podcast, they know how to do a double ender. They know how to do. They're yeah. listening to the news. I mean, if you start doing something where you they want teach, to hear us argue like we're doing right now, damn it! Yeah, they're gonna they're <laughs> yeah, gonna but, drop off because they already know it, right? But what I'm seeing is that there's a lot of women, right? Because it is a, the, it was it's like the only show that deals with podcasting that has at the helm two women. Speaking from their experience, right? So this is very unusual, number one, because that doesn't really ever happen. There's a couple of other two. There's two now. There's two extra ones that are, you know, solo hosted that are women behind the microphone talking about podcasting. It is very unusual. And I think that part of it is that we are now known as that. And so people think like, oh, it's a show about podcasting from the women's point of view. Awesome. I want to learn from those women. But then we don't really ever talk about a lot of the things. If that's what you want to do, though, then we have to stop doing so much news, too, because they're not learning anything except what everyone else is talking about, which is that Spotify bought Anchor. No, I'm not saying that we're going to be teaching people how to podcast. All I'm saying is that a lot of the time when we used to get behind the microphone, we would talk about things that had nothing to do with podcasting. That's true. But that's because we're fun and interesting. And so when somebody is a new person and we've been pushing this show as the show about podcasting from the women's point of view, if that's what we lead with, then the expectations are that we actually talk about podcasting for new people. And if we want to grow our audience, there has to be like there, there has to be an expectation that we deliver on. Now, if we didn't lead with just that, 
then it wouldn't be. It's like that's why I changed part of the description inside that says it's a personality driven show where you get to to feel like you're sitting in the kitchen table with Jessica and Elsie when they talk podcasting and 800,000 other things. That to me is a lot clearer for somebody. Those other shows are all dudes. And we're the only women that have a show about podcasting or do a show about podcasting that I know of. And what you're talking about is something that every other show does. Why do you want to be just like them? No, do you? I don't think that you heard what I'm saying. I say that it's not about necessarily changing it to be like them. It's that we have to lead and making sure that people that listen to this show know the type of show that they're about to listen to versus, which is, do not expect this show to be like these. This is a show that is primarily the relationship between Jessica and Elsie, and they talk about podcasting and a thousand bazillion other things too. And sometimes they don't really ever get to the point. I don't want that. I and would other like to times, get to the point. There's a lot you, of wisdom. But see, here's the thing. You put the, they never get to the point restriction on me and the time restriction at the same time. So it's like, if you want us to eventually get to the point, the show might have to be a little longer that day. But then you also decided it could only be an hour. So then we're now constrained into being a news broadcast. And I'm, and I, I failed that part of journalism in college. I'm not good at that part. I like the but feature you, stories. But Jess, do you, but are you hearing, did you hear what I just said though? Yes, I did. Okay. So what's my point? Your point is that you changed the description so that people knew that it's a personality driven show that talks about podcasting and a bunch of other things. And sometimes they get to the point and sometimes they don't. All right. So why would then we have to change all these other things? Because the thing is, I was just concerned people weren't going to get us and they were going to essentially say like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to listen anymore. Because I've I've been on that other side of the equation as well, where I listen to a show and I'm – okay, so when I first listen to a show, what draws me to a show is the topic because I don't know them. I don't know the topic of the show. I don't know the show, right? So what generally calls me to a, to a show is the topic, either an interview with somebody that I want to listen to, or they are going to be covering a subject that I want to know more about. That's what first brings me in. And if I go in there and it is very personality driven and I don't know anything about them, sometimes I drop off because I don't get what I'm looking for. I don't get like, when, when are they going to talk about the thing? It, this is for new shows. This is for ex exactly for new shows. If I do make a connection with this person or this show and I continue to come in, then all of that banter is actually what makes me stick around. I love when I hear it, but at first, it's all I'm saying. It's a first. So the question is, how do you, as a podcaster, use your personality to bring them in if it's not just about the topic. You know what I, I mean? We were doing that just fine. Well, but, again, okay, if no one know. knows else, if, if I'm a new podcaster and I want to learn about podcasting and I listen and I come on, on here and I hear you guys talking about a, a yurt rat or a goat gets out and you're chasing a goat around, I'm like, hmm, you know what? This isn't really about podcasting and I'm gone. But the fact about that I don't know is that you two have been podcasting for so long. And once we get past that, now as I, I'm a podcaster and I, I want to hear the stories of what's going on in your life along with that. I think the fact that Elsie right. podcasts in an environment where there are both goats and yurt rats is very interesting. Oh, yes. It is. Yes, I it mean, is. Yes, it totally is interesting. Like, I'm not saying for us to be like pretending like what we're not. All I'm saying is that there's times when I feel like we could do better at like setting the scene, if you will, even if it's yeah, at the beginning where true. we can say like, you know, even for in the feed, I often tell people and I start the show and then I say, if you want to get to the Robin Elsie conversation, please skip over the next, you know, six to eight minutes. 
Yeah, because you listen. You listening right now, you hear Elsie and Jess and I, and it sounds like we're sitting in the same room. But actually, Jess is in her house and her, you know, in her house. Elsie is in her house. And yeah, we're all in each, we're different places. We hear Elsie like she's on the phone because she calls into Skype. She records on her own own end. And then we marry it all together. Yeah. And then we marry, and then afterwards I take and marry this all together. So when we're doing this show, it's really hard because we, it's hard because Elsie hears Jess and I like we're on the phone. We hear Elsie like we're on the phone. There might be a delay. Right. There might be a delay. Which is why we talk over each other. Well, sometimes. Well, yes, you guys talk over each other a lot, but you don't hear that because afterwards we're I talking. go. Yeah, I go back and I either take it out or move it around or stuff like that. But what's great and what I love about doing the show with you two is. It's always challenging. You guys always challenge my podcasting chops to figure out, okay, what do you mean Elsie's moving to North Carolina? She has no Wi-Fi. <laughs> and we're supposed to do a show. All right. How are we going to do that? All right. Let's see how we do that. And Honestly, so, the yeah. fact that this show gets put together at all is a modern miracle of science. Truly. Yeah. And it's and because of John Buchanan's. All right. We've talked about this for a half hour. I'd like to invite the audience to give us their opinion. We know how Elsie feels about it. And I mean, I don't feel the opposite of how Elsie feels. It's just that this conversation should have happened like two years ago. That's all I'm saying. But like <laughs> but I would like to know if you could ha- if you could take a moment and just email feedback at shepodcast.com, whether this is the first time you've heard us or um, if you've been listening to us for years and years, I'd love to know, like, do you hate the banter? Do you love the banter? Do you think, I mean, don't be nice and just be like, you're perfect the way you are, because I'm not asking for that. I want to know, do we need to step things up so that we can be more um, authoritative in the space? Or is it great that we sometimes talk about our personal lives and sometimes we don't? I'm very curious to hear the people who are listening to us now, what you want from this show. So feedback at shepodcast.com. I do recommend you listen to the rest of the show and then write us because now we're going to get into the nitty gritty of podcasting. But wait, how about this? Because I would love to know about how they handle their co-hosts. And that would be great too. Yeah. I had one co-host. One co-host got mad at me and he just stopped doing the show and he won't even talk to me. And I don't know what I did. Douche though. No, his name was Deuce. But I'm saying is we, we were doing every, I was doing all the work. And he would come in here and sit down, and we would talk for an hour and a half. And then all of a sudden, he got mad at me for something. I don't know what it was. And he just dropped off, and he won't even answer a call. So, Oh, my God. I've literally never felt that way about Elsie, ever. I've never been so angry at Elsie that I would not take her phone call or have a conversation with her. Have you ever been that mad at me? No. I don't know. I cannot even imagine what that must be like. First of all, to have a friend that would – I don't think I have that with friends even. Yeah. Maybe. But like, but to have a co-host that won't even take your, how do you have a conversation? How can you have a co-host who doesn't take your phone call? Just period. It's just crazy talk. Yeah. How do you handle confrontation in your podcast if you have a co-host? How do you handle that? Yes. Especially you bookish. I want to hear from, I mean, the people I know out there who have co-hosts like, I mean, Todd Cochran, Rob Greenlee, if you listen, I'd like to hear if you guys have ever had an argument. Um, Bookish Ginger, I think, and her sister. I don't know if they have arguments who else has a co-host what about you and, and emily prokop with hate the weight no she's lovely uh, that's the best easiest show i've ever done but like okay. uh lisa and sam from i shake my head with lisa and sam you oh, know yeah, they, do they argue th- well i'm they not going to say they argue but there's the ways they handle things so yeah it would be neat right, to hear so, all yeah that. please write us and tell us that in addition to your opinion about our show currently and what we need to change or stay the same um let's move on to the news please the news yes. you can use for the informed podcaster, podcasting news. So first off, Podchaser featured our lovely Elsie Escobar. She had a feature in Podchaser. And then also we were, like she said, on a list called Podcasts About Podcasting. We'll give you both the links in the show notes. But I thought it was so nice to feature our Elsie with the mean face headshot I noticed you chose. The mean face the the mean face headshot. Elsie has headshots as moods the way that like I pick out like secretary chic versus like nerd chic like when I pick my clothes on. Those are how Elsie has headshots. So this is like this is like serious podcaster Elsie headshot. But she also has indigenous warrior headshot and then she also has like giggly 
fun-loving Elsie headshot. She has like all different headshots, but this is a serious yeah. one. Okay, so here's the cool stuff about um, Podchaser too. One of the things that we and I think have I talked about that here? I think I have. Maybe I don't remember. Oh my god, you guys! I'm so sorry. My brain's not really working. But yes, I was featured on Podchaser. So you you can read that. But they what they also did too, and there's a list here, which is podcasts about podcasting. Speaking about that. Right. We were just talking about that and we were featured for Buzzsprout. But this here at Podchaser, it's an actual it's it literally is like a, an RSS feed almost, if you will. It's a curated podcast list by Podchaser. And what's some of the really cool things that you can do with this is that you can actually add this as a list to your podcast app of choice. Oh, that's very cool. So you don't have to use Podchaser then. No, you don't. You can you just go to this to podchaser.com and you'll see that link in our show notes. At the top of this this list, there is a little like square with an arrow pointing up. And if you tap on that, you will see that you can export the podcast list either as OPML or it actually can go to Radio Public, which is kind of fun. So it's got two different places that you can do that. When you do that, when you export as OPML, it's kind of like, um, it, it's sort of like the address of all of these separate podcasts together. So you copy the OPML address. And then when you go to your podcast app of choice, usually there is an option to import list or, or sometimes it actually says import as OPML or with OPML. And then you paste this address, if you will, that you have copied. And then what it does, what the app does is that it automatically sort of like sucks up all of the separate lists of podcasts. So it's a curated guide. Many of our friends are on here and these are all podcasts about podcasting. And she podcasts as well. However, yes, they are not all current. In fact, the first out of the first five Um, I think ours is the only one that's being updated on a regular basis. Most of those shows have ended except for Tuned In, Dialed Up. So that one's current. She Podcast is current. Pod News, The Wolf Den. I don't know about word from mouth, but a lot of these have stopped being updated. Our school podcasting is updated. Podcast Junkies. Just take a look. If you don't, I mean, it is cool to do the whole list, but just know that they will not all automatically be updating because like, for example, ProfitCast has been over for almost a year. He hasn't he ha- and his last episode says this is the end. <laughs> so Oh my gosh. We'll see, but but also a lot of this kind of stuff is still relevant and important. You know, there's a, there's a lot yes, of it's com- still in, to in, learn in a from. few of these yes. shows. So yes. Mind you, there are shows like this one and and the feed actually, which are we are a little bit more topical. So there aren't as many news podcasting shows as there are shows about podcasting, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. some of them are slightly more dated, but you can still get a lot. Of, but anyway. No, you're right. A lot, it all has valuable information. I just wanted the people to know if you do subscribe to this and you don't start getting inundated with fresh news, Content. it's because yeah, you know, there's right. only a handful of those shows that are still being updated. It doesn't mean don't. I mean, I still think it's a cool thing that they did, so. Yeah, so Podchaser does that really well. So thank you, Podchaser team. You guys are awesome. So yeah, so we have this like some interesting data from Morgan Stanley about uh, Spotify. And this actually was released a while ago. This article is from January 14th. So it's a little bit old. And it's way before Spotify did all of the um, all of the purchasing. But I think that it is a very interesting title for this episode. What do you, th- I mean, sorry for this article. What do you think about that, Jess? It says, yeah, Spotify should focus on podcasts. But what I thought was the most interesting was their reasoning, which is that Spotify users consume 4.4 hours as opposed to Apple Music's 3.7 and Amazon's 1.7. I thought that was very interesting. I also, noticed that they said Spotify's sticky body of users who are tied to the service love podcasts more than any other subscriber group. We, they, li- mm. we, cause I'm a Spotifyer as well. We listen to 5.2 hours of podcasts, 48 minutes more than Apple, but they're not 
always consuming their podcast on Spotify. They may listen to podcasts more, but that doesn't mean they're listening on Spotify. But they do like podcasts, so that's something. I was just talking about this on my other show with Mark about how somebody had written an article about how um, – oh, it was Todd Cochran recently wrote that he's noticed from his data that – Apple's numbers are starting to go down and Spotify's numbers are starting to go up. So he thinks by the end of 2019, Apple will only have like 35% or under of the market, which I thought was very interesting. That's very interesting. I think interesting. that was in Business Journal, PBJ, PB&J. That's one of the reasons that I really like this article because of this data and the unique understanding here where it says like, this is like Morgan Stanley actually said this. Quote, while Spotify's paid users spend more time listening to podcasts than others, Apple remains the platform with highest overall podcast listening, underscoring the importance of podcast leadership for Spotify long term. End quote. Morgan Stanley wrote. So I think that that's very telling right there right totally. so but and and it it's so weird though that this was like written literally in mid january and then boom it's like they said okay morgan stanley we'll invest 500 million dollars in podcasting hey oh so. yeah so i'm very excited to see how that plays out throughout the year and we'll report back on that later in the year now elsie found something cool give the gift of podcasts. Here's how. <laughs> if you go to giftofpodcast.com, they have the coolest thing. Make someone happier by giving the gift of a podcast. Do you know someone who hasn't yet discovered the joy of podcasts? A podcast makes an excellent gift, especially when you choose just the right show to give to your recipient. Please someone hire me to do the news. I'm genius. It's great content and it's free. A terrific podcast makes anyone's commute, exercise session, dog walking, or time with household chores much more fun. That's the key. You have to do the much more fun at the end of a sentence. Um, okay. Elsie, I don't know where you found this. And I feel like I've seen it before. But it's so cool. You put your email. Have you done this yet? You put your email in. I have. And then you get a gift a PDF gift certificate and a how to subscribe gift guide. So you're essentially sending someone an attachment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you would have to do that. So if like if you want to give somebody this so this came to my attention uh, right around Christmas time because I've had this in the show notes for so long but you know we've had issues. And um uh, yeah. but it's really cool. This was actually started by Gretchen Rubin okay. from the show Happier and the book Happier and all the things. And Gretchen is an incredible like if I were to advise all of you guys listening in how to grow your audience and how to educate your audience, um, how to make it so that it's um, compelling and interesting, subscribe to Gretchen Rubin's newsletter. I mean, just, just do that. She does amazing things in terms of how she markets her show happier. I'm going to have to do some kind of case study to show all of the different things that she does because she does things in very unique ways. One of them being this. She realized that podcasts are an incredible gift to give. And how hard is it to give a podcast to somebody? Like, I mean, how fun would it be to do that? So she created this website called giftofpodcast.com. And um, she essentially, you put your email address and then you do get a little PDF where you kind of fill in the show that you are gifting, if you will, to somebody else. And not only does it make it easier because it's got pictures and all kinds of stuff for somebody to subscribe, it also expands podcasting beyond those of you who are already listening to the show because we really don't really need to preach to the choir here. I mean, if if you if any of you guys wanted us or me or Jess or John to listen to a podcast, you would just say like, hey, guys, listen to the show. And we would go, okay. And we, we, we know exactly what to do. But there's a lot of people who at this point, you can't say to them, you need to listen to this episode of whatever podcast, because it's brilliant. Because they st they're still the, okay, what's the first step? That is missing. So this starts to deal with that. So one of the things that I really feel that is important for you guys is go in here and like download it and see it. See this down, this PDF. Is there something that you can do that you can brand yourself for your own show? Maybe this could be a handout 
at a conference. Maybe this could be something that you can offer to your people. Maybe this can be something that you send down outside of your email in your email address and say like this is going to be an incredible gift for somebody and just tell them how and then have them download the PDF and make it about you or whatever because these are the kinds of things that are going to really expand um, the listening stuff. So thank you Gretchen Rubin for being so amazingly wise and creative. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Gretch. Thanks, Gretch. <laughs> oh my God. So moving on here, you really wanted to talk about the winter podcast upfronts, right, Jess? Not really, but we're going to do it. So they had a winter upfront and I like talking about the ones that I go to and I didn't go to last year's, um, so we didn't really cover it. And now they've had one in LA where ESPN, iHeartMedia, took turns pitching their podcast to a entire room of advertising and agency executives. It was hosted at the talent agency UTA's office. Um, and it was kind of a standard event. It was like the speed dating of a traditional sales pitch over the course of four hours. The media companies presented slates of shows and paraded out celebrity hosts, such as Justin Long, Paul Shear, Stephen A. Smith and Burt Kreischer. Who I've only heard of Justin Long, who immediately tore up his shirt upon taking the stage and carried on topless talking about his Burt cast where we just bullshit. On that note, here's what else you missed. <laughs> That's the article. So <laughs> since everyone and their mother has a podcast now, I thought it was interesting that the article said um, a lot of time I'm sitting here Googling top podcasts, top 10 podcasts, because trying to navigate all of them is one of the biggest challenges that ad buyers face. Podcasts are just a growing sliver of how people are spending their time. So according to Tom Webster of Edison, um, they researched 4,000 people and the research measured podcast share of listeners and it has increased, it's kind of doubled from, but from 1.7 to 3.9%. It's still low compared to radio, which has 45%, but you know, the fact that it's doubled is not nothing. There's a lot of new shows coming out. Podcast episodes seem to have like a really long lifespan they've learned. So it can be difficult to do the ad thing where you do a baked in ad and then it's just there for life. So that's why they're leaning more towards dynamically inserted, even though we've always said in between you and me, it is not as effective. The baked ones are much more effective. Okay, so also podcast companies are starting to recognize advertisers will spend more if there's evidence of what they're getting in return for their money, which, by the way, is very difficult with podcast advertising, even though they're very effective. Tracking and showing that effective, especially with big, big companies, is very hard. So, for example, there was a period of time when we've had business coaches and other people here and there advertise on She Podcasts, and we can clearly show that. It worked because A, they've stopped advertising with us because they could not take any more clients or B, there was an event that had been filled or C, you know, like you can clearly show that it's working because it's on a smaller scale and it's somebody who way got their money back over and over and over again with what they were asking for. But when you're Home Depot and you're advertising on, let's say, the Art of Charm, you don't have a tracking link. You don't have a... Um, an opt-in, you just want the host to talk about the new washer and dryer that week. You're basically just doing like a, you're the, hu you're the human version of a commercial and that's hard to track. Not that the Home Depot is complaining, but it's just a general complaint with podcast advertisers. So yeah, of course they're going to spend more money if you can show evidence, but it's one of the hardest things to do right now. So that's pretty much the winter podcast upfront update from me <laughs> to you. la di da um, anything to report on that, Elsie? Any thoughts? I think that part of the, the biggest issue that, that I see here, in fact, it's when you know where it says podcast episodes have a long lifespan. And I think that there's a lot of people that are expecting immediate results. And that doesn't just translate to like larger companies, but also to us in quote, little ones that are doing our work here, right? That we are trying to sell products or we're trying to get more downloads or we're trying to get people to attend a, an event or something like that. Because what you don't have is the data, the longstanding data for the medium, which is what podcasts are. And a lot of the power of podcasting, it's in the, I think that there's a word, oh my gosh, I forgot the word. When you do something over and over and over and over again, and it gets 
bigger and bigger and bigger. Like sometimes when you snowball invest, I guess snowball? maybe it's a snowball. It's not really snowball, but let's go with snowball. All right, all right. That the reason that podcasting is so effective is because the exposure to a certain either people, opinions, ads, topics over a long period of time will eventually create action. And a lot of really passionate commitment from the listener. But you can't measure that if you do an ad for like even just a quarter or if you do it for a month or if you do it even for three months. In fact, the power of the podcast advertising comes from the constant exposure like MailChimp. Like MailChimp is now really big. Squarespace, in all honesty, I think that the the success of Squarespace is in a big way due to their their ubiquitous expression inside of every podcast out there, almost, right? Because that's been huge for them. But it's not because of podcasting. It's because of how long they've been in it. Um, we just had somebody, actually Emily Prokoff, she uh, sent me a DM and she said she finally bought Text Expander. She no literally cool. just bought it like last week or something like that, that she sent me the thing. And immediately afterwards, she was like, oh my God, seriously, how did I like live without this? And then she said, you both have been talking about it for months, years, because it's been a year. We've been doing it a year. And she said, I finally got it. And that shows how podcast advertising works, right? So she needs to hear it 67 times before she buys it. <laughs> well, that's the same thing so, with me with Text Expander. Cliff Ravenscraft used to talk about it years ago. And I just said, ah, you know, I don't really have time for it. And then you guys were talking about it. And there was a coupon code that saved me money on it. And I did it while I was listening, well, as we were recording the show. And it's been the best thing that I've ever used bar none for podcasting, ease of everything. So, yes, absolutely. Right. It's, but it took years for me to finally yep. press Exactly. Buy. So that kind of data we don't have. We don't have that kind of data to show larger brands because a lot of brands are wanting exactly what Jess was saying, immediate, like a little bit more measurable information, whereas a lot of this advertising works in, in, in a snowball snowball effect, I guess, you know, like she, like Jess mentioned to me, where it's like, it's the overall constant mentioning and interaction with a brand that happens over a long period of time that something happens, right? It doesn't happen right away. And it, so anyway, that's what I had to say about that kind of stuff, which I think that I'm not even sure how people are going to find that out. Okay, so if I'm a podcast listener and I listen to podcasts that have advertising on it, so if you say to me, list podcast advertisers, I'm going to say Casper Mattress, Blue Apron, Zip Recruiter, Beyondies. These are all co companies that I know about that I would have known about unless I listened to podcasts. I haven't bought anything from any of them yet, but I sure sure do know about them. Warby Parker, The Razors, Harry's Razors. All of those are, yeah, absolutely. Those are all companies that I, I'm sure, like, I've been wanting to get glasses. I'll probably get some of those. I don't really need any razors. But, you know, but these are, like, things that you have in your mind that take a long time. But they're part of your, con like, how much is that worth? And is, or or, or does it matter? Meaning um, that you know these brands off of the top of your head. Is that worth anything, even though you haven't, you, that person, me, I haven't bought anything? Or does real ROI, is is it only really valuable if the, a purchase happens? Come to think of it, I actually do use Harry's razors. And the reason I bought them was because I heard Daniel J. Lewis advertising them. Oh, see? How about that? Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Or his head. I guess that's that's what most guys like too. Is like they. I have their bought heads. something. I have bought something as a result of a podcast. Sleep phones. They are a fleece headband with earphones embedded inside that are flat, so you can sleep without having shit stuck in your ear, which I hate. So thank you Doesn't to Andrew Ackerman of the Sleep with Me oh. podcast because they changed my life. Okay, let's move on. This is kind of an older one, too, and I keep it. I was successfully avoiding it until now. But um, it was an article that I saw 
uh, January 16th, my birthday in the Washington Post. Elsie put it up here. Americans feel alone. Can YouTube videos and podcasts help? And it's really an article that mostly talks about ASMR, which I tried so hard to enjoy. I have to say I have seen a bunch of different videos, a bunch of different Instagrams. Nothing in me wants to hear people eating watermelon and knocking their fingernails against their microphone. It is the worst fad ever. Thoughts? <laughs> you guys? I've never really been into it. I don't search it out. But that doesn't mean that there's not, God, can I use the word fetish? Because I feel this is a fetish. Videos that. But not a sexual fetish. But yeah, it is some kind yeah, of Yeah, right. Not a sexual, fetish. but it is yeah. a fetish. Because to be honest with you. I am a big fan of the pimple popping videos that Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, my Popper. God. My mother-in-law loves that. But this is visual. So, you know, you're talking about YouTube videos. But I absolutely love them. I have my favorite type and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, she started this as, you know, just something that she put on YouTube. And she actually got a TV show out of it now on TLC. A lot of these are the ASMRs are more than just whispering and giving you the creepsters. It's also there's some that I've seen that are like. They come right up to the camera and they whisper, oh, you've had such a hard day. Let me get you some coffee. And then they like go away. They like they pretend that the camera is like a boyfriend laying down next to them and they like whisper to it and they like move their hand over the camera as if they're playing with the guy's hair or the girl, I guess. Um, That's creepy. One of the one of them is called Tonight Happy Christmas Together, where the host spends a warm holiday evening chatting, softening with the listener, taking care of you after a party. So in other words, they just came home from a party. She's making tea. Uh, It's just yeah, it's like I mean, if it does cure loneliness, that's nice, because this is definitely the last step that we needed to take before we have robot companions. Yes, it, it has to be because these people do not know you. They don't like you. They don't care about you. They care about ad revenue. And yet it's the most popular thing ever when they're like, come here. Let me scratch your chin. So creepy. Stop it. I mean, they're not going to stop it because people love it. Well, see, the reason that I put this on here wasn't because of any of the ASMR, ASMR stuff. In oh, fact, I the skipped over that part? stuff. It was like. It was because of the fact that this is because I understood what they were talking about. The rise of the conversational podcast. Exactly. And and the, here's the thing, though. I don't understand why they're saying the rise of the conversational podcast, because that's what's been around this whole entire yeah. time. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Yeah. Which podcast which isn't is which, conversational? Right. But but I think that what they're talking about here is that there's a difference between and this is this is a huge, huge thing that I feel is so missed with a lot of this stuff. And I think that now going back to the beginning of our conversation, at you know, at the beginning of the show where I was saying like the banter and delivering value and all that kind of stuff, this is where it actually comes full circle because – Part of the reason that I listen to a lot of the shows that I listen to is because in addition to getting like obviously the great information, there's human conversation happening for like, you know, 60 minutes, 90 minutes where people are just talking about stuff. And a lot of these things aren't changing the world, meaning they're not discussing politics. They're not talking about how to get out of debt. They're not giving you very specific details about how the world needs to be fixed right now. Like some of my favorite shows are, you know, the Pen Addict podcast is one of my favorites. And all they do is talk about pens and notebooks for over an hour. And I love it. And it's awesome. I love to hear about all this stuff. I'm actually going to go in the direction of this topic a little further on my website because there is a very clear connection deficit in our country for various reasons. And there are so many just tiny little things that make you feel a little more connected to the people around you, the world around you, forgetting even listening to a podcast. But I do notice that with all the shows, the one thing people say they like the most is it feels like I'm eavesdropping on a ki- on a convo with you at the kitchen table. And that does say something like, why do people need that? They need that because right. they're not having that. 
conversation right. with people around the kitchen table. I mean, obviously, we're not either. I'm staring at my closet right now. But I'm just saying, like, it's something that makes us feel connected. And that's it's right. so lacking right now in our society. Absolutely. You're totally right. And most of us don't have even the the container to be able to do something like that. There, that used to be a lot more common. You would have to do a lot more going to the grocery store or going to the post office or, you know, there were there were the everyday behaviors that we would have where we would have connections with somebody and you could have these sort of small talky type conversations that you would have. Even in the office, I feel that there there was a time where there was a lot more conversations happening in the office. Whereas now it feels like everything is even when you're together you are separate. You are doing your own thing. You're kind of communicating in a virtual way, if you will. You are getting your, you know, you, you're getting the post office stuff via your phone. You're ordering your food via your phone. You, things just arrive, right? Like for, for a moment, like the Uber Eats person just comes up and delivers the food for you and yay, okay, you don't even have to go inside the restaurant anymore to be able to do any of that stuff. So yeah, we are missing a lot of those things and, and distances and driving. My son Isaac has really figured out a way to connect with those delivery guys, let me tell you. But he's right. He At this moment, he's still like super connected with the world, which is what our children do. And I think that there's part... What when you're little kids, you're kind of forced into situations to speak to other humans. No, no. He is a connection expert. He is excited about everything and he will talk to you about it even if he's never seen you before. We'll never see you again. We go into Wawa for breakfast. He picks up his breakfast. He looks at the closest person and says, look, I have breakfast. <laughs> and they're like, great. That's amazing. <laughs> People who look crabby, people who look like they've never seen a child before, people who are in their own world. He can get through. I know it's because he's cute right now, but I feel like he really has this ability to break through whatever nonsense and isolation is going through in their heads at that moment. All you need to do is see him go, Kool-Aid, look, I'm Kool-Aid. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like people who I thought would never talk to him get all excited with him. It's amazing. It has really shown me so much about, first of all, the fact that they're just surprised that, the surprise that anyone would talk to them, like the look on their face at first, and then the delight that it's something so simple and pleasant. It just has shown me so much about isolation and connection and how little it takes to just look at someone in the eye and say, good morning, even if you don't know them. For me, podcasting is where you can go find your people, whatever, whoever you are, whatever That's you're into. True. You can go find your people. Your people are out there, and podcasting will give you a avenue to find them and be part yeah, of a community. That's exactly right. I've actually written out, oddly, all these little different connection lessons on how to connect with someone that day, and I just haven't had the chance to videotape it. And then I also have that course that I was telling you about the other day, Elsie. Like I have a, an exercise people can do on Facebook to get more engagement by being more personal, and I have a course about how to post on social media and be vulnerable without telling, without horrifying people. So yeah, I need that's that. all coming out. Actually, it's a good segue into the stuff that I'll probably have all most of it ready by Podfest. And speaking of, we hope to see you there. Elsie and I are going to be in booths right next to each other. It's going to be fun. I know. Oh my gosh. I think the last thing we should discuss today is the Asian American podcast community. So we have this like this really cool thing, which is the sort of like the launch of the Asian American podcasting group, or actually it's like a creative community for podcasters, for Asian Americans. And it started by Lee Uehara, I think, Ho hopefully Lee, we, we um, pronounced your name at least wrong. She's actually in the Super Squad. Woohoo! Yes, she is. Thank you for joining that, by the way. Yeah, so she, right now this is based in New York. So I just want to let all of you Asian American podcasters out there who are looking for your people. This is happening in New York. And this is what Lee has said about um, her launch of this. She said, it's exciting to be able to carve out a space in the podcasting landscape for those who identify as Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. With this podcasting explosion, we want to be able to come together to and offer support and resources to Asian Americans, even if they're currently living outside of the United States. 
So I will have a link in the show notes so that you guys can find where to connect and where to connect with Lee. She also has a podcast as well uh, that she um, has been producing now for a little bit. And I will have a link in the show notes for that as well. She is very vocal and active in the podcasting community and is looking for connection and, of course, has taken these steps to start to create community. Yes, it's so exciting. It's a lovely thing to create. I know. I love it so much. So, yes. that So that was like actually the, like our tool tip for today because, you know, it's a tool okay. to connect with people and whatever. And let's go ahead and close off the show here with this Weird and Wild show of the week for it with a shout out. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Show of the week. That scared the shit out of me. It was so worth it. It was so worth oh, it to watch you. you. She should have seen her jump. It looks like someone shot I her. I jumped and then bent over my chair like someone shot me in the head. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. It okay. scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God. The beginning of that just went, don't. I mean, it scared me to death. Wow. All right. I'm not dead. I've just been revived, so I'm all right. I just want to give a shout out to one of my wow. to one of my clients who've been working with me for a long time to launch the show. I mean, we've been going at this like, uh, gosh, the first conversation that I had with the guys from Creative Next was in, I believe it was in June last summer. And they've been really working hard. They've just launched their show right now. It is, um, they have three episodes out of the gate. Um, so let me just give you a little scoop about what they are. Their show is uh, a podcast exploring the impact of that automation driven by artificial intelligence will have on the future of creative work. And it is organized by seasons and each 12 episode season focuses on a particular theme. And their first season is about learning. And they've debuted with uh, episodes one through three. Uh, and you can find them anywhere if you just search for Creative Next. And because of the work that I do with them, they obviously are leading with their mission and their vision, and they've created this amazing media kit about this. So I'm so excited that they were able to do all of this stuff, which is and get so clear about why they're putting this out into the world. Um, so their mission is that creative work is being disrupted by a seemingly unlikely source automation. Thanks to advances in deep learning and artificial intelligence, smart machines will significantly contribute to our creative work. This is a remarkable development. We need knowledge and guidance to prepare for and adapt to these advances. So um, they have all of their stuff out there. They've got mission, vision, and values like leading the way. In, um, and um, they've given me like an executive producer credit on their website. Yay! I'm so excited. Yay, but, um, that's so fun. They really took this seriously. It's one of those things where you guys need to go ahead and check this out. If any of you guys are creative creatives working out in the space, having to understand artificial intelligence out there in this space is is going to give you the tools to to really see the scope and the impact that we as humans need to keep as well as um, how automation can actually help us um, progress. So they're an incredible crew and they've, I mean, all of the things that it, it's one of those things where if I could clone these guys as clients, meaning, you know, they, every time that we met, we, I gave them so much information and guess what? They implemented it. They did it. They took action. Yay, that's so great. I love when clients do that shit. Oh my god, it's mind-blowing. Whenever you guys like actually do what we say, you will it's it's out of control how incredible. It's mind-blowing, I tell you. So fun. Um and speaking of that, I'm sorry. I, I not that I'm sorry, but I am the E-League will be starting very soon. Applications are will be closing on March 15th. So if you're interested, there's going to be a link in the show notes. Um, we're going to be focusing in on uh, mission critical clarity this year um, or this in the spring session. And what that means is that there are so many little bits and pieces that we feel overwhelmed with in podcasting. In fact, we've discussed it here with Jess a little bit at the beginning and being able to really zero in who who we are, what we are, and um, and how important that is to the everyday actions that we take, because all of us are overwhelmed with so many tasks, 
with podcasts and we're constantly going like, how are we going to grow it? How are we going to get more ear? How are we going to do this thing? And there's an unending list of to-dos. But really, there are mission-critical things that you need to be doing for your show that are going to really move the needle. And what we're going to be working on in these five weeks together is, is really narrowing down what that means to you, how you can deal with it. And no, I'm not going to have like a list of these things that you're going to do. I'm not going to give it to you. We are going to figure it out based on who you are and what you're doing. So um, if you are interested in working with me and, and a, an entirely incredible group of women, uh, please take a look in the show notes for a link to the E-League Spring Session. And again, we close um, March 15th and begin March 25th. Amen, sister. Amen. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find our show notes at SheePodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SheePodcast. Please join our group for free. Facebook group. Sorry, no. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she podcast. And if you want extra special attention for $5 a month, you can join our she podcast super squad where you can ask any question. One of us answers them in a QA in the group or in a QA that week. Patreon.com forward slash she podcast and go for the $5 tier. Thank you guys so much for listening. Elsie, John, it's been a pleasure. Elsie, love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.